What is truth? Seldom black and white, usually complex. The fifth column goes on the inside in search of it. I want to complain about the giant advertising billboard on the side of Birmingham Town Hall. I want to complain about fat women who drive canary yellow luxury sports cars like they own the world. It seems so many people complain around us so much, no matter how well things seem to be in their life. I put the letter in a pink envelope marked uh, strictly private and confidential, love heart on the back, sealed with a loving kiss, lots of aftershave on it. So, of course, her secretary wasn't going to open that letter. We knew we want to do something about complaining, but we didn't know exactly what. What I want from you is an equal response in terms of vehemence directed towards action. I'm not surprised you're angry about it. I'm going to sort this out. I remembered Finnish word complaint choir and all of a sudden there it was, the whole project was there. We were like, complaint square, that's a great idea. We can just like collect complaints and let people sing it out. Hi, I'm Dougal Patmore and you're listening to The Art of Complaining on the fifth column. Complaining is an unpleasant but seemingly all too necessary part of life. A never-ending stream of emails, letters, phone calls and the dreaded hold music. It's also a subject that is close to my heart, not because I complain a lot, but because I spent many years working in customer services, where I dealt with some rather unusual complaints, such as the man who was convinced that we had racist automatic doors in our shops. Although I've been on the receiving end of lots of complaints, I decided that to master the art of complaining, some help from an expert would be required. So, I went and spoke to Jasper Griegson, a self-proclaimed professional complainer who's written over 5,000 letters of complaint. I wanted to know where a potential complainer should start. The first thing to do is to communicate with a real human being, and that's where many companies fall down. What you don't want to be doing, frankly, is just writing to customer services or the complaints department. God, if only it was called the complaints department. What you want is a one-to-one dialogue with a real person at the top of the organisation. So that's what I encourage people to do. I encourage them to circumvent the system put in place by many companies, which actually is designed to quickly and fragrantly dispose of the complaint in a way that suits the company, not the consumer. I know all too well that for many people, these systems can make the act of complaining itself almost as unpleasant and frustrating as the thing they were originally complaining about. But how does this conflict between consumer and company arise? Consumer behaviour consultant Philip Graves explains. Consumers, there is a vast amount of evidence to show that we are primarily emotional, unconsciously driven creatures. So what you can then get is a conflict between essentially the emotional needs that they have in that situation and the process that's being presented to them, which is a rational solution to a particular problem, which is by and large perceived in procedural terms by the company. And that lack of flexibility means they tend to be quite dogmatic and rational about things and the people coming in are normally much more emotive and that's a bad combination. Philip Graves believes that many companies take a flawed approach when dealing with complaints, and in reality, many consumers would prefer a much simpler solution. 
a lot of the things that are trained in as part of those processes and procedures are frankly just plain wrong from a psychological point of view. So to give you an example, one of the classic things you'll hear when somebody rings up and gets very angry is the person on the end of the phone will empathise with them, which is absolutely, from a psychological and from a transactional point of view, a terrible thing to do. It perpetuates the transaction, so it doesn't make anything go away. It means that person wants to vent more and more. But actually, if I come to you and say, I'm really angry about this... What I want from you is an equal response in terms of vehemence directed towards action. I'm not surprised you're angry about it. I'm going to sort this out. That's the absolute ideal outcome. Getting someone to actually sort things out can often be a bit of a challenge. Jasper Griegson has a number of techniques he's used to get his complaints noticed. What I will do is normally pick on somebody at the top of the organisation and write to them strictly private and confidential addressee only. And it's amazing how often you'll find that the person at the top of the organisation actually takes ownership of the complaint and deals with it. Or at least you'll get somebody very senior in customer services dealing with it rather than just the computer-generated reply that's come out of some server in Birmingham. Writing a letter may seem like a, a lot of effort or that, you know, a little, even a little bit old-fashioned. So why that over a telephone call or, or, or even sort of an email? Yeah. Um, because you're going to waste an awful lot more time on the telephone. Do you want to listen to Vivaldi for 20 minutes? The answer is you don't. So bypass all that rubbish. Um, Emails, um, not a bad idea, but they're a bit more transient. I'm a great fan of spending enough money on a a first-class stamp and giving them hard copy. They take that more seriously, particularly uh, when you want to send them something. So typically I will send a hot potato to the company to make them literally give them ownership of what the defective product is. In some cases, the hot potato itself, literally. Does it always have to be kind of a a stern and serious piece of prose, or can it be something a bit more frivolous, a bit more light-hearted? Typically, I won't won't make it serious at all. Uh, If you want to engage with a human being, I think humour is the best way to do that. So uh, it wouldn't be untypical for me to write a poem or to um, write in a slightly light-hearted or certainly left of field way. What I did on one occasion with a, a... a woman on the main board of John Lewis is I put the letter in a pink envelope marked uh, strictly private and confidential love heart on the back sealed with a loving kiss lots of aftershave on it so of course her secretary wasn't going to open that letter and uh, and she did hot potatoes poems and love letters are certainly an unusual if effective approach to the art of complaining but for some people old-fashioned pen and paper just isn't quite enough they like to take a somewhat more extrovert approach The singer you can hear is the Birmingham Complaints Choir, letting off some steam. Finnish artist Tulevo Kalainen, who we heard at the start of the programme, was one of the co-founders of the choir and has found that getting people to sing their complaints can have a surprisingly powerful effect. When we make projects, we usually want that there is some kind of transformation process. It's not enough for us to show the problem in a way. We want to do something with it. We very consciously put very minor complaints beside really huge global complaints. One aspect of complaining, what we got really interested in, was this kind of need to make connection to another human being. In Complaints Choir, you really feel that it is possible to do something because you can only feel very impressed, like how much power there is in a group of people. Uh, 
overall tone is very happy. Yes, even though we do complain and even though we seem very negative, but in the heart of it is is the need to be happy. I'm Dougal Patmore, and you've been listening to The Art of Complaining on the fifth column. I'd like to thank our contributors, Philip Graves, Jasper Griegson, Tilovo Kalainen, and of course, the Birmingham Complaints Choir. Thanks for listening. To hear more of our podcasts and to have your say, visit our website, www.thefifthcolumn.co.uk.